This is Radio Stockdale. Welcome to Radio Stockdale. I'm your host, Michael Sears, at the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership. We know Professor Rao as he's been on the podcast numerous times. He was awarded his Ph.D. in Leadership Studies from Dallas Baptist University. His research is in the field of public service motivation. He currently holds the position of Class of 1961 Chair and Distinguished Professor of Leadership Education at the United States Naval Academy. Welcome back to Radio Stockdale, Professor Doug Rao. Michael, thank you very much for that introduction and also for the invitation. Uh, as you know, I have appreciated having this opportunity to, to share my insight and also some of the stories. These are some of the scenarios that we teach in our course, NE203, which is more reasoning for the Naval officer, and to have the opportunity to share these stories with our midshipmen so that they are better prepared to deal with some of the scenarios and dilemmas that they will confront once they're commissioned and get out into the fleet and to the Marine Corps. You know, I appreciate that. And these case studies are kind of interesting, but of course you can find them at www.stockdaleinteractive.com. So let's jump into this case study called Dark Waters. I'm going to set the tone just a little bit because this is an opportunity for you and I to actually explain less to the midshipmen, but most mostly to the instructors, staff, and faculty who might want to teach or use this case study. This is really arising out of the situation the 7th Fleet and the U.S. Navy had a couple of years ago with McCain and Fitzgerald, and it's about a collision at sea. Now, some people have called it the trolley problem at sea, and some people have called it uh, Crimson Tide, that submarine movie from oh, a couple of decades ago. They're, they're a little bit different, but how do you characterize this scenario? Well, I do not call it the trolley problem at sea because there are so many aspects of this particular scenario that make it much more difficult in that uh, there are so many unknowns, and from those un unknowns, we make assumptions from those assumptions, we determine our, our courses of action, and then we choose which way we're, we're going to, to go. Trolley problem, it's much clearer. You hit the switch, that person's going to get hurt seriously or die. In this particular scenario, you are getting information up on the bridge that may be secondhand or thirdhand, so you aren't completely sure of the reality of the, of the information you have, and you're making very clear assumptions about what the outcomes will be. Uh, if you close the hatch, are those sailors still alive? If you close the hatch, will those sailors die? If you close the hatch, will the space above actually be preserved? And if you preserve the space, what does that do as far as the concern that you have with the, uh, the enemies, I'd say, who are in the local area? And so you, you just don't know how this is going to uh, come out. And so the decisions from the persons from Lieutenant Junior Grade Soto or Lieutenant Commander Downey are really going to be based on the assumptions that they make from the unknowns that are currently in this particular case. So trolley problem in that one of the scenarios you have is there's three sailors versus six sailors. Uh, they're saving the ship. You do hear from a damage control assistant if you close the hatch or even if you flood the hatch or leave the hatch open the stability of the ship is not a concern, but that's a big assumption also. So 
this is a very complex problem. This is something that no sailor would ever really want to have to confront. But again, from the stories of Fitzgerald and McCain, we know that it can happen. So the protagonist here is Lieutenant Junior Grade Robert Soto, a couple of years out of school. He is the officer of the deck of the USS Rampart, a Arleigh Burke class guided missile destroyer. And yes, there's a collision at sea. Uh, they call it uh, control chaos once that happened. You don't think it's control chaos, do you? I do not think it's controlled. Having been at uh, a sea a lot myself, I'm happy to say I've never been in a collision. However, been close to that situation. And when you go to general quarters and it's not a drill, it, it becomes really chaotic. And what you hope is you can exercise it so you do have some control, but it is really, really difficult. So the dilemma here is Soto, after being involved in that casualty, needs to make a recommendation to the most senior officer who's available at the time, because frankly, uh, most of the senior officers are locked uh, by collision in their cabins or maybe not even alive anymore. Uh, he needs to make a recommendation to Lieutenant Commander Downey as to whether or not to close a hatch because the ship may have steering problems. It may have uh, weapons problems and acquisition problems, and it may float into hostile territory if you don't stabilize what's going on. So the dilemma here is closing the hatch. Is there a difference between these, the first three dilemmas here? Well, the first three dilemmas have to do with if you close the hatch, there are three sailors in there that are shipmates. And You've only been on board a short period of time, but you obviously are quite capable if you're already a qualified officer of the deck and the commanding officer trusts you. But uh, in that role, uh, shipmates are, are shipmates, whether they're in your division or not. But those are three persons. The second scenario, which is probably closer to some of the scenarios we talk about in, in the trolley problem, well, if it's not three people, but it's six people, does that actually change the way that you would make a decision? And that has to do with this consequential reasoning and the greatest happiness for the greatest number of, of people. The third scenario, I admit that I have a little bit of a, a problem with because that talks about three sailors, but these are three sailors that you know well. And I would like to think that when you're on a, a ship, all of those sailors are shipmates and you would have the same concern and interest in any of them, whether they're in your particular division or, or not. So let me play that back to you. The, the, that third scenario, when these are sailors in your division, you're the one writing the letters to family and wives and, and kids, right? Does That doesn't make a difference? Well, it certainly has a, a much more personal impact uh, on, on the individual. In this particular scenario, if a commanding officer, ex-department head, master chief are all out of commission here, you might be writing them for all the sailors regardless of uh, what division they are in. This is, again, for, for me, for the roles that I've played, these are these are shipmates. And and I, I personally just don't think that that would make a difference to me whether they were in my division or not. They're part of my shipmates, part of our crew, and I would have the same concern and care for any of them regardless. However, it is, it's, it is a, a scenario that we can talk about in the ethics course, because as we walk through the moral deliberation roadmap, we can get to this point of talking about special obligations. And special obligations are an important part of conversation. How close are these folks? Are they family members? Are they part of our team? Are they part of our Navy? 
and, and we regularly have these conversations because as individuals, these special obligations make a difference and how closely we are related to, how closely we are bonded to the individuals and impact the decisions that we make on a regular basis. That fourth scenario changes from Robert Soto to Lieutenant Commander Downey. The sense there is that even with a catastrophic casualty, like a collision, uh, there may be one senior officer who who has to take uh, take take command, so to speak. In the first three scenarios, you've got a JG making a recommendation to the guy who ultimately will make that decision. In the fourth one, you're that guy. Does that change anything in terms of how you, as the protagonist, should think about the situation? Yeah, it, well, it does. It does make a difference with the, you know, the way our military is structured and the chain of command that we have. For this person who is the commanding officer, they have this ultimate responsibility. The the way this this plays out, initially, when as a junior officer, initially, as you see this, you come on, Lieutenant Commander Downey, you're a department head. You should be able to make this decision. But if you want a recommendation, here's my recommendation. Now, the, the way that it plays out in the fourth scenario, again, a bit of an assumption, Lieutenant Commander Downey has more time in service. Lieutenant Commander Downey has more time on the ship. And so when we consider what these unknowns are and assumptions are, that we would consider that Lieutenant Commander Downey would be able to make a more educated decision about the warfighting capability of the ship, the scenario within the South China Sea, and the uh, even the stability and mobility of the of the ship after it's been damaged. And so there is this reliance that Lieutenant Commander Downey has more experience, he has more of an expertise and understanding, and he can make a better decision because of because of that time on board. Let me ask you one final question. I, I kind of mentioned this great movie, uh, Crimson Tide, earlier. Let's go back to that for a second, because the, the difference there is if you're on a submarine and you decide not to close the hatch, theoretically, and again, I know there's a lot of assumptions here, theoretically, everyone's going to perish, as opposed to this scenario when only those sailors trapped below decks would perish. Does that make a difference? Yes, it makes a significant difference. And having been an engineer at sea, when the DCA calls and says, it's okay if we flood this space out, the ship will still be stable. Bells go off for me going, I'm not so sure that's the case uh, because progressive flooding is progressive and progressive flooding can create a real problem with stability for, for a, a ship. Now, the difference is, if the ship were to flood, if the ship were to sink, you still have the opportunity for a percentage, a large percentage of the crew to get off. You're already at general quarters. So you got people moving to general quarters, so they should be uh, ready if they have to, to abandon ship, and they have that safety option. On a submarine, obviously, you don't have that option at all. You sink and everybody everybody dies. So, so there is this part of you don't have the same consequences if you're on a surface ship. Now, as this scenario is driven, you're in bad seas. You're in a place where there are bad guys that are present. So you become vulnerable both to the threat of a, an enemy. You become vulnerable to, the, uh, to running aground. You become vulnerable to the heavy seas. And so there is this opportunity that the ship may be lost 
but at the same time, not all of the crew would be lost. Tell me how any 203 might add to your toolbox here. Michael, every one of these scenarios we have and these dilemmas that we present, we want the instructors and we want the midshipmen to utilize the moral deliberation roadmap to help get to a best decision. And the moral deliberation roadmap always starts with constraints. Are you treating people with dignity and respect and you protecting their rights? And in this particular scenario, if you just start with there, you don't want to do something that is intentionally harming or killing some of your sailors. And so you would say, no, you don't, uh, you don't close that hatch until you're absolutely sure everybody is out of there. Well, when we consider constraints, we also know that within the constraints, there are ways that maybe your rights are waived. And so if you're being in the military, there are certain rights that you've waived. And part of that is you may be asked to go into harm's way. And you may be asked to do things that a regular citizen would not be asked. And you may be taking risks that others might not be taking. So that gets factored into this. And so you go, okay, maybe these sailors have waived their rights here. And let's consider the consequences. And the consequences might be, are there three sailors that are going to be killed? Are there six sailors going to be killed? Is the whole ship going to be attacked by these uh, enemy forces? Is the whole ship going to sink? So we go from constraints to consequences. And then we consider these special obligations. As you mentioned before, we pull that in a little bit in this particular story where their shipmates versus their sailors that you know really well. And what obligations do you have to the Navy and the mission of the Navy versus the solidarity obligation that you have to the crew? So we work through constraints, consequences, special obligations. And then when you have decided what the best answer is, do you have the character and courage to make that decision? Professor Doug Rao talking about some real life scenarios and how it fits into the tools that uh, are taught here at the Naval Academy. Thank you very much for joining us on Radio Stockdale. Michael, thank you very much for this opportunity to talk through this. As you and I have discussed, this particular case of Dark Waters is, is very hard. Uh, it can get very personal. It can become one of those things that we know can happen. And a junior officer could be put in a situation where they have to make these tough decisions of life and death. And we just hope that in the what we teach them in these courses, they have these opportunities to think about these things and to be bold and be courageous. Thank you, Michael. You've been listening to Radio Stockdale, a series of podcasts produced by the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership at the United States Naval Academy. You can hear more podcasts at stockdalecenter.com slash podcasts. 